Can you like upgrade to a lux yeah. screen? Yeah. Well, no, I think you get nice, comfy seats anyway in Cine World. They don't, oh, awesome. they don't fuck about. No, but do you get oh. do you get a double <laughs> recliner? Duncan is desperately trying to get something table. out. <laughs> and just, go, Duncan. There's just a better class of people in those. Screens. No, it's all right. Uh, yeah, they are. And for, it is kind of worth. Duncan, this is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? <laughs> He's almost certainly still talking. Clem Fandango is the best name ever. Duncan? Yes. He's, he's, he's dropped out. Don't this me. is Tom Roberts. Can you hear me? Yes, of course I can hear you if you've got your finger on the fucking button. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Dan was on the, the wrong Wi-Fi network. We're on the... Gr- He's an idiot. Every single time. <laughs> right, should we do this? Who's doing? Who's introducing? I'll introduce. It? Yeah, go what for it. What is it? It's just random fan theories about films, games, etc. Yeah, well, you can just pass me, pass over to me if you want, and I'll, I'll do that bit. Cool. And then I'll just sit back and say nothing. You don't have to know. The idea is that I want your opinions on No, I'm just going to sit back, shut my mouth, and spread my legs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, if my they, sweaty balls. No, Let them well, kick out a right pong. Well, if it's that kind of party, then I'm in. Yeah, that's, vinegar, that's balls. Doing, yeah. <laughs> vinegar balls. Vinegar balls. <laughs> <laughs> super vinegary. Like, tasty pickled onions. Mm. Oh, tasty pickled onions. Oh, I do like a pickled onion. Barry Norman's pickled onions. <laughs> 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 Which actually. Pretty piquant. Is it? <laughs> is, that, is that the banter for the... Yeah, that's the intro sorted. No problem, I love it. Are you going to play the Grease theme? Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah, okay, brilliant. But only when I get to, like, the fan theories. Oh, okay, okay, cool. So it's fine. Okay. <clears throat> right, yeah. I feel we've gone off the rails before we even started. Yeah, well, we went off the rails a while ago. Do, we? do we want any music under the intro? Do you, what would you like? <laughs> Think of something you'd like to hear under the intro. Hmm. What's good for a fan theory? I'd uh, say the X-Files theme tune, but they use that on the theatrical cut, so I don't want to use that. Uh, Quantum Leap? <laughs> oh yeah, the Quantum Leap thing, that's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> Including the bit with the narration explaining what it's all about. I don't think but I've you've got to turn and talk over it. Or Krypton, Krypton Factor. No, we're going with Quantum Leap. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Quantum Leap. It should be massive. That is not what I wanted. <laughs> Leap. Mm, we're picking up some weird interference on the microphones. There we go. <laughs> Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. It's, it sounds like a daytime <laughs> chat show. It's Hi, so and welcome to Tom's Hour. <laughs> it's so jaunty, I love it. Um, okay, cool. You Sorry, want to start that again? It's actually quite a grim, then? dark you want to start show again? sometimes. Yeah, no, we're just gonna, okay, we'll start again. Today on Sunshine Morning. <laughs> right, we're starting again, yeah? Ready? It's quite loud. Does it need to be that loud? <laughs> Little jazz hands finish at the end. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. So, so far, we've got five minutes of quantum leap and arguing. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Say when you want me to start. Okay, go. Jazzy. 
Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. The music in the background is, of course, the Quantum Leap theme song, which kind of ties us in quite nicely with today's theme. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> at ten tw- no way! <laughs> at 10.20, we'll be talking to uh, the guy in the cooking place, the kitchen, who'll be telling us how to cooking make braised place. meatballs. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Hang on, hang on, fan- hang on, hang on. Th- Love this bit. That's pretty good. It's good, mate. Yeah, okay. So we're going to be talking about fan theories about films, games, TV shows, um, and that is pretty much where I'm done for the entire podcast, and I hand over to Dan. Right, yeah, so I think it came up... Oh, we've got to to say that we're here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so to my right is Dan. Hello. To my left is Russ. Hello. On the loudspeaker is Duncan. Hello. I am also in the kitchen, so... I will be telling you later how to braise your balls, probably. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Tom, whose balls will be braised by Duncan later. Way. Way. And I'm now going to hand over to Dan. Fan theories. That's what we're doing this week. We mentioned it briefly last week, I think, on the podcast. And I thought, why not do a whole episode on some of the best internet fan theories? Mm -hmm. And by the best, I mean some fan theories that I've managed to find when... I type in fan theories and 30 crazy fan theories that will leave leave you scratching your eyes or whatever. Excellent. And yeah. thank you to the media provider who gave us that list. <laughs> yeah, well, it's many media providers and I will be reading them pretty much verbatim from Ooh. the list. So let's, let's get into it then. Um, so this one was actually from BBC Three, which is entertaining. Let's start with my favourite one, I think. But how do you mean it was from BBC Three? Well, the, well, no, it's, it's probably from Reddit or somewhere like that. But I, I got it from BBC Three, so I, I still don't understand what you mean by you got it from BBC Three. Was the, it web, on a the, TV website, show? the website, the website. Oh, they have a website. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, yeah right. where they publish listicles. Yeah. The, so the title of this one is Titanic. Rose is Sarah Connor's grandma. Love it. What Good start. Right. <laughs> so how how the hell does that come on? Flesh it out. I, I cannot think of a. Th- a single connecting thread between those. Except for, it's been 84 years since um, the last good Terminator film. Yeah, so, the idea is that Jack from Titanic was a time traveller. Okay. Why? And was only there to save Rose from committing suicide and altering the timeline. Uh, this may seem ridiculous, but think about it for a moment. If Rose jumped to her demise, then the ship would have stopped to look for her. The temporary delay would lead to warmer weather and the Titanic would have never hit the iceberg. That's not true. This I knew you'd, you'd see already. This is also why Jack made it a note to spend so much time with her. The, the, job was to the delay would have led to warmer weather. <laughs> so that like an hour or so doing a man overboard drill would lead to the melting of the of the of the iceberg. <laughs> but Russ, it was warmer weather that caused the problem. Yeah, it's but warmer weather that means increased that carving of the icebergs. Iceberg but Russ, let's look at the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Jack doesn't have any currency in this time period, so he has to gamble in order to get the ticket in the first place. He, he's poor. He, he mentions fishing at Lake Wissota, which is a man-made lake created in 1917, uh, five years after the Titanic sunk. Uh, his haircut seemed completely out of place for the era. Furthermore, that rucksack wasn't common until the late 30s. He claims he will take Rose on a roller coaster in Santa Monica Pier, which wouldn't be built until 1916. How else would Jack have knowledge of these future places uh, poor script writing <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's yeah. going to be the answer to almost all of these yeah I mean a lot of these are to cover plot holes created by poor, poor script writing they're not but they're not even plot so I don't see things like that as a plot hole because no. 
they don't affect your enjoyment of the movie. They only upset roll, wooden roller coaster nerds who yeah. are people who we can safely ignore. So th- those things are not plot holes. Plot, <laughs> plot holes are like big derailments of the story. But those those are just, you know, oh, maybe someone made a slight mistake in the research. Yeah. But can you not imagine it? Jack travels back in time to save Sarah Connor's grandmother. He found no, but, Celine Dion. <laughs> I got the time I needed. So, so, <laughs> what, why? What is there to say that she is Sarah Connor's grandmother? <laughs> Just because she's vital for the future of the human race. There is nothing that says that uh, she's Sarah Connor's grandmother. I just like the title a lot. So, so basically, you could say that about any film set in the past where someone stops someone dying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so her her last name isn't even Connor. No. It's Rose something, isn't it? DeWitt Picata. Is that? I don't know how I know that. <laughs> how do you know that? I don't know. I just how do. many times have you watched Titanic? Rose DeWitt Picata. Is that pretty really sure, a name? Pretty sure that's a name. Holy shitballs. Yeah, uh, it lost me. Uh, Jack's hair is uh, also very uncommon for the time period. Yeah, it was Leonardo DiCaprio who was like rocking the Zach Morris curtains. Yeah, it was like a, a signature look for him as well at the time, wasn't it? So you had to... Well, yeah, sort of brushing them out of his of his eyes. Oh, I just can't see, you know, anything. Yeah. Beyond your beauty. Yeah, definitely. And your 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 norks when you get them out later. Yeah. When I paint you like one when of I my paint French you girls. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking wallpaper paste you <laughs> like one of my. <laughs> Except that he couldn't because he's a Terminator. And he's just got a rampant rabbit for a penis. He's there not we go. A Terminator. He's just, it's got a. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, you're not saying he's Rose Dawson, born April fifth, eighteen ninety-five. So, so where the hell did Dewitt Caker come from? <laughs> because she was originally Rose Dewitt Baker. So. Okay. Oh, oh my, <laughs> my god. god! You knew the history of it. Dewitt Baker. Not Khaki, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking yeah. hell. Celine Dion's done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't yeah. buy that one. Well, you're not going to buy any of these. I let's, don't. Let's I don't feel that there's. I don't feel that's filling like a, a fictional niche that needed filling. No, no. Um, let's <clears> move on to. One. Although, what I would like to have seen is Terminator Three. Was they just send a Terminator back to the Titanic to kill her? Oh my god, that would have been awesome. And Imagine. it's like Back to the Future Three. As your like name rolls, Connor. You're seeing scenes from Titanic, except it's also got a Terminator in it. Which is <laughs> waving in the background. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you couldn't actually kill her because it would upset Meet the time. Meep I have come to <laughs> kill you. Meep Just, just scenes from <laughs> scenes yeah. from the ter- fr- scenes from the original Titanic, but you just see a Terminator getting thwarted through. <laughs> weird chance in, in just in the corner of the scene love it um, should we move on to one of J.K. Rowling's favourite um, fan theories about Harry Potter okay okay um, which is that it all takes place in his mind oh that is the if you want to think of a fan theory you go mm-hmm. it's all in their it's mind all a dream. it's like that scene in Dallas where she realises that it was all a dream that whole series yeah. where all those people died yeah the so, only one of those that I really like the is, the, is the Garfield one have you seen that which is Basically, that Garfield is uh, like a neglected, abandoned cat who's dying, and the strips are sort of his fevered imagination. And oh there is one Gar- Garfield strip that was published that's just really dark and weird. Mm. And like he, Garfield's just lying there, being sort of tormented by voices, and there's yeah. no explanation for it at all. So the theory is that actually, like he's constructed this whole world with John and Odie in his in his 
in his mind. That's really he's, sad. He's just neglected yeah. and alone in some abandoned house somewhere. <laughs> My that's God, really that's sad. awful. That's nearly yeah, as bad. It's really as, grim. Uh, what's his face? The dog from uh, Futurama. The, that, oh, the end of that episode. I literally oh can't God. watch that. I episode. can't watch that one. It's so that's sad. It. My heart. Crimes of the Hot. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm. Yeah. No, Jurassic Park. Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. I, I have do, to skip do, it. Do, yeah. It's so bleak. It's so, incredibly yeah, bleak. It's, it's he so, waited his yeah. whole life and died on Never the spot. Yeah, it was because, just, Oh so sad. Mm. So, so we, we're not going with Harry Potter or being set in his mind thing, then. Honestly, that's really. Well, so that's what's really where's, what's the feeling. what's the evidence for that? I know. I mean, there's a fuckload about it that doesn't make so uh, he's Harry in, Potter doesn't make sense. So he's in the cupboard under the stairs. He's lost his mind while living in the cupboard under the stairs at the Dursleys and conjured up the whole Hogwarts adventure as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for well, the serious uh, abuse and neglect that he suffers. Yeah. Well, I kind of buy that one. Yeah. But then J.K. Rowling said it's nonsense. So, like, why not just have a happy kid? Story? Oh, he is. You are a wizard, Harry. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a real wizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a yeah. wizard, Harry. No, no, no. You are. You actually are a wizard. Yeah, no. It's not. It's not the cat that was slipped into your. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen one suggesting that it's Harry's fault that the Dursleys are assholes. Yes. What because, that, I, I saw briefly saw that. Well, so because he is a Horcrux but doesn't realise it. Yeah. Um, and Horcrux is Horcrux I. Horcrux uh, no, Horcrux. Horcrux. Uh, they kind of corrupt and um, affect things that are near them. And so because he spent 11 years living with them, the Dursleys might have been perfectly nice people when Dumbledore left him with them in the first place. Mm. But And he, you know, he didn't know he was a Horcrux, nobody did. But the fact that he is one, he's, he sort of had an evil corrupting influence on them and made them, made them nasty. So Harry Potter's evil? No, he's not evil. But he's. But he, do, do you mind spoilers for the last book? I, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> so he is. He ha- when Voldemort tries to kill him as a baby, he accidentally turns him into the eighth, I think, Horcrux. So there's a there's yeah. a fragment of Voldemort's soul inside Harry. Mm. So, he so can he's got. He's bring out the worst in he, people. That's that's why he can speak to snakes and things like that. And he he so he. In theory, could have a sort of corrupting influence on things around him, right. completely of out of his own control. Ah, cool. Do we want to move on to? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to move on to one absolute but... pair of dicks? <laughs> yeah, it's not nice, is it? <laughs> Shut up, you rapist! Oh man. <laughs> Do we want to move on to one that had a surprising amount of fan a film that had a surprising amount of fan theories? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Home Alone. There is a lot of fan theories for Home Alone. So I'm gonna go through a okay. few of them. I'm gonna try and quickly. I love the way you just slam the bottle down on the table there. Bam! I was trying to do it quietly, but I sort of misjudged where the surface was. <laughs> Number one, I like this. Kevin grew up to be the killer from Saw. Oh, yeah, I mean that shit, makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin being bullied by his own family, combined with being forgotten and left behind on family trips twice, may have messed him up a little bit. He's an expert in creating crafty ways to run. injure people. So the idea that he turned into a much worse person and went from torturing the wet bandits to hurting people he deemed deserving of being forced into wet brutal bandits. life and death scenarios. <laughs> it goes in depth describing how this little sociopath turns into a fully fledged killer, and it's rather interesting and eerily possible. Okay, well no, it's not though because we're told that. Um, uh, the, the jigsaw, no, the jigsaw, mm. is actually a really nice man who, when he found out he was diagnosed with cancer, yeah. um, suddenly, sort of, 
flicked a switch in his brain and suddenly realised that, <clears throat> excuse me, most people aren't grateful with mm. their lives. So he was actually quite a nice man so, called John, wasn't he? John the something. only thing I'll say yeah. about that... <clears throat> and he was an old guy. Yeah, he was an old guy. So he's not Kevin. The only thing I'll say about that is... He's not a little boy in a house. You ask anyone around by Joe to Pesci. most serial killers what they were like, and you'll hear that they were really nice people. So, you know, that could still work. Yeah, but Kevin wasn't really necessarily very nice. Oh. It was a bit of a but, shitbag. No. Yeah. It was probably more like a, a psychopath. Sociopaths are mm. often lower IQ, but Kevin showed higher IQ. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely more of a psychopath <laughs> than a sociopath. That, that's, yeah. that's deep. That's in-depth. Um, do we move uh, on to... This yeah. is one of Emma and I's bedtime discussions. We actually looked it up whilst we were lying in bed. What what looked what up? The, the Whether Kevin's a serial killer. Sociopath. Yeah. This is what our in-depth bedtime discussions are. One of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on. When the um, tie is on the doorknob, we're looking up whether Kevin McAllister is a. <laughs> um. Uh, this is a good one. Peter McAllister is actually a criminal. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Kevin's dad is sketchy involved in some sort of mid-level crime for the mob. The first sign is when Harry is dressed as a cop scoping out the place. Peter is super defensive during the interaction, immediately jumping into, am I in some kind of trouble officer mode? Um, additionally, we weren't told with what his job is, but we know he's wealthy because he has a bunch of kids inside a massive home in Chicago suburbs that's full mm. of nice things. I would have prefer- I would have believed that more if you were like, hey, Kevin, <laughs> Tommy Ticklefingers is here. I mean, it's good. Bruschetta the ham. <laughs> there was a scene with him and, and Joe Pesci, and Joe Pesci goes, funny like how? Yeah. <laughs> like, funny how? How yeah. the fuck am I funny? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would have been nice. But that uh, could have led to Kevin finding like a cache of weapons when he was when he was sort of <laughs> looking for his uh, his traps bits. Just finds a big chest full of pistols or something. Yeah. Um, another one which kind of leads into that. Uncle Frank put a hit out on Kevin. Is another one. Fucking hell! Now that's <laughs> that. That's I mean, I, I the crime family. I can believe yeah. this one. I can't. Well, and they're not there to kill him. They're there to rob the place. Mm. Yeah. Why would they pretend to be robbing it like to each other? Like, either, if you're going to assassinate the kid, you might want to make it look like a burglary rock gone, gone wrong. But you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's one of a hell of a uh, like act mechanism, isn't it? To like, yourselves. I mean, we, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just robbing it, right? We're just all right. I mean, if someone yeah. happens to get killed in the process, I mean, like, you know, they, they, these things are it's really like that's that's kind of like um, always sunny. I mean, like, that's the kind of <laughs> argument they'd have with themselves. I mean, if someone dies, I mean, someone, no one's in danger. I mean, <laughs> it's just the implication. That's one of my favourite scenes. It's incredible. No, but they know nothing's going to happen, you know, because of the implication. Okay, yeah, you said I'm that not, word I'm again. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting <laughs> no, it. I, maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I'm not explaining it right. Yeah, maybe you're not explaining it right. Yeah, no. I mean, seriously, who's in danger? Nobody's in danger. No. <laughs> Is that on the boat? Because there's nowhere to <laughs> yeah, run to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but nothing's going to go bad. You know, because of the implication. <laughs> Do you, I mean, yeah, that's that word again. <laughs> do we want to move straight on to an It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan theory? Though? Oh, yeah, I love one. Um, that D, Dennis, and Mac don't look how they actually look. That that is how they are projecting themselves to look. So, in actual fact, Dennis is quite ugly. D still has the back brace, and Mac has skinny arms. <laughs> and Charlie, and, Charlie and Frank are the only two that, that are quite happy with how they look. Because for a long time, yeah. like with Danny DeVito meant to be their father, yeah, that didn't make much sense until it turns out that he's probably not their father. No, <laughs> almost certainly not. <clears throat> but yeah, one of my favourite episodes is the one at the water park 
where um, where Charlie just gets that tiny little like you know it's like a quarter of a liter bottle and just like runs it down that huge slide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you just hear this? It's like a trail of blood on the slide, yeah, just all the way down. Oh fuck me! I mean that that makes sense though because Charlie Kelly like he lives in in absolute squalor. Yeah, I can't like I almost. Like, aren't you sort of slightly fascinated by his apartment when you sort of Absolutely. like to go in there and have yeah. a look around? The boarded up door, so the bathroom that you do not want to use, you know, the, the like, open cans of cat food and open cans of piss and, you know, like there's <laughs> that little storage home. room with a mirror. You're just going to huff a load of glue and eat some cat food. <laughs> yeah, drink <laughs> a load you're going to feel really sick for five minutes and then you'll fall asleep. Yeah, I can't explain it. There's some weird chemical reaction when you drink a load of beer and eat a load of cat food that just makes you feel extremely sick but extremely tired and then you can fall asleep. <laughs> Look, I'm not stupid, D. There are reasons to do the things that I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I might start watching that again after I've watched The Expanse, which I am hooked on at the moment. We've watched all of Sunny like three or four times. It, all of it. Yeah, it's so easy to do. God, isn't it's it? so good. It's brilliant. It's just so the, the, easy sort of the, to it's, it's not quite single take, but the episode with the health inspectors coming around and it's like all on Charlie and like these massive that, long. Is that takes. one called like Charlie work or something? Like yeah. Charlie work. Yeah. yeah. And he's just getting more and more insane throughout the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I love that. The, his uncle Jack with the small hands. <laughs> every time he, we could just pal around. Every time he touches Charlie, <laughs> this is like the physical <laughs> sort of recoiling, and yeah, it's great. <laughs> Oh, I think it's so funny. I mean, obviously, child abuse isn't funny, but you know. I mean, it can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I feel we've got off the topic slightly, yes. but that actually, that one actually does. That's quite compelling. I quite like that. I like that one. Yeah, that does make sense. Right, because Dennis literally sees himself as a god. Yeah. Yes. Are we ready for probably the most long and convoluted one? Yeah. Fine. The Pixar theory. This one just is it's just a bunch of self-satisfied pricks on the internet, isn't it? Yeah. How every Pixar film is related to each other. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, if you can do on one then. where every Disney film, and I mean every Disney film, is related to each other, that would be generally in- impressive. I and mean, covering all of Marvel and Star Wars as well. I mean, that would be... That, this is... Long and convoluted is an understatement here. So there's a time. Can't you just do Toy Story's connected to the <laughs> Toy, Toy Story 2? <laughs> the Toy Story 2 is connected There's to some good Toy Story brain. ones as well. There's a couple of good Toy Story ones. Well, One, there, there's, there's a fan theory that we know is absolutely true, which is that she's a single mum. Yeah. And that her dad, his daddy, the left or whatever. Yeah. And the, the thought is that maybe Woody was uh, his dad's toy yeah. before his. Um, and then his dad died, so that's like the last remaining thing he has. Of Possibly, his dad. that's quite sad. That makes it's me feel really a bit sad. sad, isn't it? There's, um, yeah. you see, Andy wearing a red cowboy hat, which is exactly the same as Jesse's hat. Yeah. Uh, so people think that Andy's mum is the what's her name that abandoned Jesse years yeah, ago. Yeah, I've seen that one as well. Yeah, and that Jesse's yeah. Jesse was, was with her that toy. really sad song. Oh mm. God, that's so sad. And that does sort of fit because it's like yeah. a, it was like a sixties or seventies car. Yeah, yeah. Driving away. Years ago. Oh my God, that film is so sad. Even Lotso's story is sad, but yeah. he went the other way. Lotso, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't take this anymore. Let's, let's have a bit of. 
There we go. Okay. 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 You Toy, Toy Story you Three. You so we've got still Ren- has yeah. me. In, like, I can't. I, I have God. to turn Toy Story Three off. Basically, when they get to the recycling plant, you you me. Yeah, and then just like the whole, the whole end bit as well with yeah. Andy giving them to the little girl. Oh, that gets me. Christ. And they, and that their look of re- like almost relief on everyone's face as they mm. you know get taken in by Bonnie. And then, yeah. and then you sort of, you start thinking to yourself, no, I can't be. Th- when did Toy Story come up? Fucking hell! Yeah, is this the song you were talking about, by the way? God, this is gonna be one. No, it's the one with the piano. So, piano. Give it time. Give it time. Oh. Oh. Yes. Yeah, God, no. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah. come on. So this yeah. picks up three, but <laughs> like quickly because I've got very little time for this one. Um, yeah, no, it's it's not it's not a good one. Let's let's go back to you got a friend of me. Right, so sixty five million years ago, the good dinosaur happened. Uh, the alternate universe of Pixar is kicked off by an asteroid missing Earth and preserving the dinosaurs. Million years later, we see first accounts of animals displaying incredible intelligence when left to their own devices, as well as the unique unique effect humans have on their environments. 10th century magic is introduced to the world through a mysterious witch it has the power to bring inanimate objects to life turn humans into animals and create portals between wooden Ooh, doors it's beginning to get a bit more also purchase. so this this fan theory has already relied on the sentence then magic was introduced <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> uh, also mysterious wisps exist um as the spirits of human ancestors which leads to the 50s and 60s uh, the government has Does found it? a way to harness human energy by creating supers. They eventually die out, but the technology used to undermine them is realised through the invention of AI and the Omnidroid. This leads to the beginnings of By and Large, which is a big company in the Toy Story, the mm-hmm. Pixar shared universe. The uh, uh, PCU, Pixar Cinematic Universe? I don't know. Um, I was a bit worried there. I thought you thought shared started with a C. <laughs> <laughs> um, 1995 to 1996. Shared with a C is when you've had share come up to you and slap you. <laughs> yeah. If you believe in that, yeah. Um, 1995 to 1996, BNL has gotten through into a toy business through a plan to harvest human energy. The toys are unwitting, unwitting conduits of power that feed off the raw emotions of children. And so, I'm sorry, how does that work exactly? So this is where it's going to obviously link into Monsters, Inc. That's all I know. I think that one is the weak link so yeah. far. So much so that they... Except can, for the bit about magic. So they come alive... And then something happens. <laughs> and pursue an eternal obsession with making their owners happy, even when separated. 2003 to 2004, animals continue to develop startling intelligence parallel to humans. We see through Dory see through Dory however that sheer exposure to humans speeds up this process she grows up in the ca- in captivity surrounded by humans and as a result can read and learn other languages yes Dory is notoriously smart in those films mm. isn't she um, 2007 a rat becomes so engulfed in human culture and society that he eventually surpasses all of them to become the best chef in France uh, like in Finding Dory it shows that animals thrive off the mere presence of human emotion we good? We carry on? It's yeah, pretty, yeah, no, it's pretty it's, tenuous, this yeah, thing. Yeah. 11 years after Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3 proves many of the references between films through key Easter eggs and cameos. Dala from Finding Nemo is seen on the cover of a magazine. Mary from Monsters, Inc. is seen as an older child. Carl and Ellie from Up 
are shown to have known Andy. Most importantly, Buzz's batteries are branded BNL, proving the link between BNL and its sentient toys. Proving. Proving, yeah. Proving. Uh, 2007, <laughs> Pixar's Nexus year continues as we learn the true potential of animals through collars that can make them talk, a progress that will later be fully realised. Also, the BNL logo appears on construction equipment in the middle of an industrial expansion that will shape the next century. That was up, by the way. Sorry, I forgot to mention the film as well. 2015, Inside Out, Pixar finally reveals the source of human energy, its emotion. Um, you see, I kind of get it, though. I'm kind of on board with it. Well, I can see where they no, got it yeah. from. I can see um, where they got it from. As well as imagination, there's differing levels of power based on the person, as demonstrated in Monsters, Inc. We also see Bing Bong, an imaginary friend who appears to be based on comedic monster Riley, would have encountered post-Monsters, Inc. Oh, uh, my God, I thought we were at the end there. There's a no, part two. Part two. <laughs> Coco, question mark. Likely taking place in 2017, the year of its release, Coco will be about an adventure through the land of the dead. This is obviously before Coco. Among possible hints of how human energy transfers itself into the afterlife, perhaps through music and the emotion it provokes. There may be clues hinting to a connection between these corporeal spirits and the wisps from Brave. Okay. 2057 2110. Uh, by 2057, BNL has taken over the entire world and its governments, as revealed in Wally. This leads to a ravaging of Earth's resources due to overpopulation in 2105. Mankind is evacuated, so BNL can restore the Earth with the help of the Wally units. They accomplish this in five years by incinerating the world's garbage, but this leads to a pollution of the air that makes the Earth unlivable. So all humans remain in space aboard executive starliners. This is where it gets fun. 2110 to 2804. With humans gone, machines are left to rule the world unchecked. This is Cars, Cars 2 and Cars 3. Bullshit. That's no, <laughs> off the rails now. The cars owned by humans who love them come to life and try to find new purpose. Without humans around, they assume the roles of their previous owners and carry on human traditions as the planet slowly heals. But as revealed in Cars 2, there's enough, not enough fuel to go around, let alone human emotion to power them. So the cars eventually die out as well. Beautiful. <laughs> Wally, again, 2805. Operation cleanup ended in 2110, but BNL evacuated before one city was finished. Uh, the Wally unit still cleaning things up there and has survived this long due to being solar powered and his obsession with human trinkets, which gives him the will he needs to survive. Later, he helps an Eve unit bring a Starliner back to a restored Earth so humans can repopulate and start over. 2898. <laughs> Uh, after near century of bugs life, near century of repopulation, human emotion and energy has returned a spark to the world enough to prompt insects and birds into rebuilding their own societies. Blah blah blah. Thirty one hundred to fifty two ten is Monsters Inc. Um, and then yeah, here we go. That was fun, wasn't it? Um, what a bunch of torturous waffles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't just spout the words human energy and consider that to be linking these films. I'm on board with it. Personally. No, I think that's, uh, that though it's just tiresome is, bullshit. I can't be bothered with that one at all. But it is the epitome of a collection of fan theories that are so tenuously woven together that they that they become something to defend. And I bet you there's someone out there who lovingly created that infographic I can see on your screen. Oh yeah, who is probably feeling very proud. And if they ever listen to this podcast, would probably come round and try and. Try and reevaluate their lives a bit. Well, should reevaluate their lives, but probably wouldn't. There's a whole book on this, apparently. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, well let's I don't not want to know buy about that. it. No, let's leave that one well alone. Should we move on? Okay, next. So, my, I think my main problem with ones like that is it's just it, like, can you not just accept that these are all separate 
artworks and that companies like Pixar find it amusing to insert little references to their own films into stuff. Yeah, actually. There you go. Bit, that, that's my fan theory. Yeah, I like it. That's really boring and dull. <laughs> 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 it's also quicker to read out than the two-hour spiel that Dan just did. I do, in their next one, they should do something that explicitly makes it impossible to connect to everything else. Oh, somehow. that would be amazing. Just like, to fuck with that one. Something that, something that denies human energy or something like that would work. Well, I mean, I think we all know that human energy doesn't work to spark birds to rebuild their civilization. <laughs> Okay, let's let's get back on track then, shall we? Yeah, let's uh, get back on track. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh fuck! The Boom. Fresh Prince dies in the fight um, that he got in. What he got in, um, and that Bel Air is representative of the afterlife. Uh, it's a pretty bleak afterlife. No, it's it's all right though, isn't it? So um, I mean, that, that's uh, also actually, that's sort of I, fan theory one hundred and one. I yeah. prefer it if it was like a weird, uh, more jolly version of something like uh, Ashes to Ashes or Life on Mars. Yeah. It would so, be like that. The idea is that God is the cab driver <laughs> as well mm. uh, that takes him there. So according to widespread fan theory, character of Will Smith played by Will Smith. Um, really? Is his name Will Smith in that? Yes. Mm. Oh my God. Uh, was actually They killed... thought it would be too confusing to call him anything else. <laughs> was actually killed during the altercation describing, described in the opening sequence. So when he hops what, in a plane to California... Being spun slowly on someone's shoulder. <laughs> so when he hops in a plane I got him one little fight and my mom got scared. And jumps in a cab. He's actually embarking on another, another worldly journey. God is the cab driver. Fans insist this is also why we rarely see Will's parents. Also, which... I mean, you can't get a cab from Philadelphia to Bel Air. Yeah, that's a fucking long way. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, like I mean, it's, it's almost the ferryman over the river. Sticks. Even though it was in West Philadelphia, yeah, that's still that's a really long. Born and, born and raised, right? Yeah, but you know, Bel Air's in LA. <laughs> it's a really, really long way away. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I had to send a light and can't read my writing otherwise. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, so that one's all right, I think. A woman. Um, it's better than the Pixel, uh, Pixar one. Pixel. Yeah, the Pixar one it's, is. It's all right, and I like the I, I like the reference of the cab driver. But yeah. There are so many fan theories where actually they're dead. Yeah, yeah let's move on to another they're one. Dead. Rugrats fan theory. Oh, yeah. come on. No, they're not dead. No, only Angelica's alive. Well, that's even worse. So um, so all of them are dead, yeah, but, this, this but is, the one you don't want to be alive. This is pretty grim, actually, this one. <clears throat> so Angelica is the main protagonist of the story, um, and the others are imaginations. Chuck and his mum died in a car wreck, which is why his dad is such a neurotic mess. Uh, during a trip to Paris, Chaz Finster met a Japanese prostitute named Kira. He married her, and she moved to America with him. This, some of this is okay. Uh, Kira had a Oops, daughter, Kimmy, but she was taken away because the state didn't think Kira was fit mother due to her profession and severe substance abuse. Kira misses her daughter dearly um, and always brings up her in conversation. Chaz, on the other hand, still constantly talks about his son Chucky. Angelica has taken the bits and pieces she heard and created the characters Kimmy and Chucky in the mind. Who's Kimmy? That's well, a new character. That, right? the picture. What? That, that girl, Kimmy. Oh, yeah, must be, yeah. Uh, Tommy was stillborn. Oh, God. It's horrible. Phil and Lil were aborted. Oh, God. Angelica's hallucinations are a subconscious reaction to her own tragic past as well, apparently. Oh, God. The only real baby was Dill. No, I'm rejecting that one because it's <laughs> too depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty grim, that one, isn't it? That is pretty grim. Yeah. There is a- They're redoing Rugrats, aren't they? Rugrats is fucking awesome. Um, there's a lot involving death in these, so let's try and nail it. It's out the it. easiest thing to do yeah. for a fan theory. Go, oh yeah, they're dead. Uh, Peter Pan was an angel heading towards uh, Neverland was the afterlife. 
I mean, that is so blindingly obvious. I know, right? That's that feels like it's not. Yeah, a fan you're, you're literally flying like... away into the stars. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's one I, I, I there saw. There was also there. There is also reading into it that actually it's just a. Uh, uh, it's a Wendy's imagination and coping with becoming a adult, and mm. that is the last vestiges of uh, before becoming a teenager, mm. and at that time basically becoming an adult. Yeah. Yeah. My laptop's not having a good time in the seat, is what I'm noticing. Just quickly, there is actually a Rugrats porn parody. No! What? No! 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 I've watched it because it just sounds wrong, but there is. That sounds like I haven't watched it because it sounds wrong. That sounds like someone that was about to tell us he's watched it to me, but yeah. Um, okay, right, so we'll carry on with this. You're right, Tom. I don't know. I don't. Feel, I think it's that warm lager. Maybe, oh dear. Yeah. Uh, Russ, do you mind if I just go and use your toilet quickly? Sure. I just, you know, treat it better than you did last time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's always got tummy, tummy problems, doesn't he? Mm. Oh. Tummy problems. Tummy problems. <laughs> tummy problems. You submit some for your tummy problems. No, is that? What's that? Oh, hi, hi guys. Oh, uh, Hi, James. James. How are we fucking doing? James Gurnalist, the, the game's journalist. Yeah, mate, that's right. I'm yeah. I'm still alive. Still, You're back. Still barely kicking. Because last time you just sent Ewan McGregor down. Yeah, well, you know, Ewan, Ewan and Charlie have been out recording some, some stuff on their bike again. Yep. I mean, it won't actually be seen on national television at all, but um, they're, they're still filming. Oh, okay, they're still cool. filming it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Should we play your theme music here, then? This yeah, yeah. Here. If there's some theme music there, yeah. that'd be great. Hi, I'm James Gurnalist, the Games Journalist's Games Journalist. Think of me as a cross between Han Solo and Lord Byron, but, you know, more about games journalism. I've spent the last 12 years intrepidly travelling from one end of the globe to the other to bring my audience the very best in untamed games journalism. I've written for websites like IGMM, Nataku, GamePots, Polywogglegon, and uh, magazines like uh, PC Gamering, PC Friendzoning, I Love Games A Lot Weekly Magazine, and Razzle. Anyway, enough about me. I'm uh, looking forward to starting my reviews on uh, Too Much Time in Our Hands podcast. <laughs> that was beautiful, yeah. Thank yeah, you. there we go. There's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> there it was. Really good. All in it. Anyway, look. I, I don't want to mess around too much. Okay, I've been I've been through some hard times recently. Mr. James. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been I've been in uh, in rehabilitation. Really? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, okay. uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it was good. Um, you know, I no longer need those things in me that's good anymore uh i've been through conversion therapy uh which has really what helped whoa <laughs> okay <laughs> you know like uh, i was a drug addict and now i'm oh, not okay yeah so mm. yeah I, I was i was i was putting ket up my uh, my bottom yep. and uh yeah <laughs> it was good uh, but i i now know the true meaning of a k-hole uh which uh yeah it's not not pleasant it's like um it's like sitting on a sherbet dib dab it's uh <laughs> sounds like a good idea to start with but uh yeah, absolutely. When it starts frothing, uh, that's yeah. You just gotta take the lolly stick out and say, "Look, I tried it, and and now I'm done." <laughs> Knock it on the head. You know what I mean? You got a review for us, James? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a review. Oh, sorry, Duncan. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how do you know Duncan? All right, James. It's a pleasure to meet you at last. Meet meet me. Oh, come on, you you scallywag. You were at the archery weekend as well. When, when did you guys have an archery? Weekend? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you. Uh, I vaguely you, remember the archery weekend. You will. Potentially be at an archery weekend, not not that we had one, Dan. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you'd invite me if you had one, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So I re- I reviewed uh, Sultan Sanctuary, which has just come out on the uh, Nintendo Switch or Switch. I can't decide which one it is. Switch. You've got Switch. A Switch then. Have you? Uh, I've got one. Tom definitely doesn't have a switch. <laughs> no, um, no, definitely hasn't hasn't bought a switch in the in the interim. Uh, so yeah, let's review a game that came out in 2016 and is now out again for an inferior console that's basically shit. Sound good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the general theme we like. To go okay, great, great. Okay, you fucking turkeys. Here we go. My prayers were answered in one swoop by Sultan Sanctuary. I mean, back in 2016, I got down on my knees, and then I got up again to adjust myself when a bollock got trapped between my leg and zipper, and I began to pray. Oh, please, creator up on high, make a developer, create a 2D version of Dark Souls, because 3D was really nice, but I want to completely limit myself and my outlook on life. I hate the difficulty of Dark Souls, I never feel like I'm making any fucking progress, and I want to feel that again, but in 2D with worse graphics and gameplay. Please hear my prayers, oh, (laughs) Bruce Almighty. And uh, don't you know it, Bruce answered me prayers, uh, again, when I said the same thing as above, but with... On the Switch, added after graphics and gameplay. So, so good, so good on you, on you, Bruce. There, um, and that's the crux of this review. Sultan Sanctuary is already out. It's been out two years, and just because Nintendo got themselves a new console, it's time for them to get it too. So, what's the difference? Well, there are none. I mean, except for the Switch is a substandard console, and the Sultan Sanctuary is a substandard Dark Souls ripoff. But there's some beauty in that harmonious meeting of the downright disappointing. It's like missing a wave when you're surfing. Like that perfect barrel I missed in Cornwall when I was punting through the waves at a breakneck pace and I fell off getting tossed about harder than your mum when your mum's in town before I oh, finally still, hit the... Still doing that then. Still doing your mum. Okay. Uh, before I finally hit the bottom of the sea and bounced up to the surface. I mean, at first, I thought it had happened because of bad timing uh, until I saw the blood from my head in the water all around me. And then I realised I'd been hit by another fucking surfer who was flicking me the Vs as he whacked away from me. <laughs> and I, I even think I saw the, the fucker laughing. The fucking twat. So I grabbed my board and I chased after him, paddling as fast as I could through the water. And he was far ahead and I was tired out and I was nursing a rapidly swelling ball bag. It was twisted twice round itself and I was trying to free myself up while I was chasing the guy. In the end, I just decided to stand up in the water and I walked to shore. I mean, fuck that, right? And then I walked slowly. I was tripping over my board rope a few times. And eventually, though, I untwisted my nutsack and I felt much better. The blood started flowing more evenly around my bollocks and I could feel them again, which was great. Uh, so fuck yes. Uh, and what happened next? Well, I sat and I waited and uh, I was staring at him with an evil eye for the next hour. Uh, and then he came out of the water and I stood up again and he walked towards me. He didn't recognise me, I think, at first. So I punched him right in the scrot. Uh, I jumped on his body and I kept screaming and screaming how he hit me and I wasn't happy. And before I knew what had happened, he was on top of me. And he punched me in the scrot until I blacked out. Um, so, you know, I fucking blacked out from a from a scrot hit. Sounds pretty great. Um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty nasty. Um, but that's how it goes. You know, if you dance with the devil, you are going to get punched in the scrot. Um, <laughs> so when I eventually... That's re- phrase, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a yeah. real phrase. It's in a movie. Yeah. Um, so when I eventually regained consciousness, my board had been snapped in two, my scrot bag swollen up to twice the size. I dragged myself up and crawled myself to the nearest beach bar, where I, twi- I tried to ask for ice, but I couldn't actually reach the bar because it was too high because I was kind of bent over, kind of shielding my swollen scrot because mm. um, it was so painful. And I pointed at people's glasses at their ice in in the drinks just to try and you know do some word association, but it didn't really work. The, the the barman just showed me a bottle of ice water, and I shook my head and I kept pointing at the ice. And after an age, I blacked out again. And the next time I, I opened my eyes, I was in hospital, on on scrot support. You know, <laughs> beep beep when the scrot support machine beep beep. 
on and on, the days going by, nothing to do but sit and wait, I was bored out of my fucking mind, aching for something to do, just waiting for something to do, but it never came, and even if I had owned a Nintendo Switch back then, and they'd made Salt and Sanctuary compatible when it came out two fucking years ago, I wouldn't have bothered, because it would have made my scrot back hurt even more... <laughs> As they sizzled with fury and boiled away my children, my future children, from the frustration of playing a 2D version of Dark Souls that even makes casual winks at the source of its inspiration with phrases like praise the salt, peppered around. <laughs> That's a good one, peppered. Peppered around? Like that, yeah. Pra- praise the salt, yeah. peppered around. Praise the salt, praise the fucking salt. Look, it's not funny now and it never will be. Seriously, I've had it, I'm done, I'm at the end. Stop taking the piss. I've, I've, I've already felt what it's like to have a swollen scrot and I don't need it again. Okay. Yeah. Um, so overall, I rate the game seven out of ten. Yeah. Cool. I mean. Okay. Straight to the point there, James. I liked it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So no. so that's that's it. That's my review. No of beating around Salt the bush. Eh? No beating around the bush. You are quite good. I think you would be quite good at the archery weekends, but um, I don't think we're going to be having any more. Capac- soon capacity, we're yeah. at capacity mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I think we've had enough this year although uh, Russ if you are free next weekend that would be I mean is, is it compulsory it's, well, it's not compulsory but I would like you to be there okay yeah okay great cool alright so it's just me that can't go then yeah well no no you can't it's not that, no it's not that you can't go you, just Duncan not. are you going to be coming uh, yeah yeah uh, I'll, I'll be can if I can yeah I'll come down oh great yeah no absolutely don't worry about it I'll, I'll pay the airfare mate it'll be fine Cool. I'll, I mean, I'm. Okay. Well, that's that's my Salt and Sanctuary review done. Uh, so, I'm going to go get back on Ewan's bike, and uh, we'll be off. Yeah, Ewan's actually out out the front, uh, uh, the other way over there, yeah. where I'm pointing. Sure. On yeah. on a podcast, I'm pointing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'll be seeing you uh, probably next time. I guess. Uh, yeah. All right. That's next it. Time. Yeah. Sure. All right. See you guys. I told you not to invite him anymore. He just—he's like a pigeon. He just homes. Fine. How many times have we relocated? He just shows up. That's unbelievable. You alright, Tom? Oh God, yeah. No, that was, uh, thank you for uh, waiting for me. That, uh, well, I appreciate no, that. Gurnalist was here. Gurnalist. Yeah. Oh, James. Yeah. Oh, they, good. That guy that a lot of yeah. people listen to Bob might not remember, so we might have to. Just <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> James, uh, hang on, you mean James Gurnalist, the games journalist who uh, was uh, quite a regular character for a while before uh, someone, yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got some weird animosity towards you, but loves your mum, loves Russ and Duncan and anyone else who's on the show. Except me, yeah. Well, he he asked after you. Oh, great, that's that's nice of him. Said something about Archery Weekend? Yeah, probably, probably something, yeah. Cool, but I'm not allowed to go, apparently. Oh, okay. I mean, they, they are at capacity. Oh, have you uh, have you got any theories? Got any theories about that? I don't think he likes me very much. By theory. Okay. Right. <laughs> anyway, shall we get back to our fan theories? Yeah, now let's I'm, do uh, it. Now so- I'm devoid of liquid inside me. <laughs> Um, Although I am sweating up a fucking storm over here. Oh, Every now and then gosh. I'm like, mm. I just feel this kind of like wave of sweat leaving my body. On Saturday, I must have drunk like. 20 gallons of water and I had one small wee wee <laughs> one small the whole piss. day yeah. I was just constantly drinking water just one just really osmosed out of me like incredibly thick and, and drippy tarry globules <laughs> yeah. squeezed out like the last shreds of a toothpaste tube <laughs> yeah like they, like out of a tube of squeezable honey it just yeah. has sort of like you know if you had like PVA glue yeah, but it'd been uh, left for uh, a while, and you got a sort of <laughs> thick, rubbery, semi-liquid ooze. 
that's that's about what I was producing. And it's just kind of sitting in the middle of the water. It's not mixing with the water <laughs> at all. It's just yeah. rainbow <laughs> film on the top. <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's like what happens to um, to Uzo when you put it in the freezer. It just separates. Yeah. It? Just like... <laughs> I think all the liquid in me just sort of it either evaporated before I could drink it, or it just oozed out before it had a chance to fulfil its fulfil its oh. pissy destiny. Oh. Well, there we go then. Right. <sighs> Fan theories. That's where we're at. Not wee-wee talk. But I've been in an air-conditioned office today, so I've been much more mm. regular with my tinkles. Yeah, I'm me too. Nice mm. That's good. Um, This one's a good one. Okay. Is it a good one? I though? mean, it better be. <clears throat> Walking Dead is... Walking Dead. Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Walking Dead is a sequel to Breaking Bad. You see where I got confused there. A sequel? Yep. Uh, oh, hang on! No, Blue Sky actually appears in it, doesn't it? A bag of blue meth. Yeah, because it's all on AMC. If you thought the only thing Breaking Bad and Walking Dead shared with the was a US network, then perhaps it's time to realign that view. A new theory from Netflix has surfaced, suggesting that Vince Gilligan's acclaimed drama is set in the same universe as the zombie series. Going so far as to suggest that Walter White's crystal meth, Blue Sky, was what caused the Walker outbreak. Still with us? Okay, hear them out. <laughs> um, the theory is split into four facts, two of which are intellect fairly heavily. Fundamentally, it suggests the original Walking Dead character, Merle Dixon, bought some blue sky, which we see with our own eyes in season one episode, Guts. Later, Merle's brother, Daryl, shares the anecdote of drug deal with Rick Grimes, uh, with the dealer apparently threatening, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Good Breaking Bad's very own Jesse Pinkman. Um, have sold Heisenberg's Blue Sky to the Dixon Brothers? No, because they beat the shit out of him. But um, <laughs> another fact that the theory hammers home relates to the car Walt buys Walt Jr. in Breaking Bad Season 4, which is near identical to the one driven by a fresh-faced Glenn back in Walking Dead Season 1. They both have two black stripes in the front. Evidence supporting the theory doesn't stop there. When Skyler orders Walt to take the car back, he brings it to Glenn's car lot. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, this aspect of the theory can be debunked, however, considering it hangs on Glenn being a car salesman before the pandemic. He was a pizza delivery boy, saying that perhaps Glenn Sr. could have owned a lot. Uh, but the question remains... Why oh, and, you... and also called his son Glenn. Yeah, that too. Yeah, true. Well, they do that in America, yeah. don't they? Glenn Jr. But you the can't, can't yeah, call your son true. Glenn Jr. It sounds like a condition. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit Glenn Jr. Yeah. Should, question should remains... Clear up with some my Glenn Jr. is inflamed. <laughs> why would Walt's meth have caused the outbreak the theory isn't so sure uh, why okay, that's what the problem is drawing an accurate scientific <laughs> link between taking crystal meth and turning into a zombie it suggests the first walker was Gus Fring assuming that he dabbled with the substance off screen just look at him post explosion well, um, and then dying and then dying yeah. also there is no way Gus Fring took crystal meth no like, the, it far like that character is not a getting high on his own supply kind of character they know they're pushing it. The theory is absolutely a stretch because it requires us to invent moments, uh, motives, and scenes which didn't see, which didn't see on screen, made to make it plausible. Despite some press connection, they rate it five out of ten on believability, nine out of ten on entertainment, which sounds about right. It should not be yeah. overlooked. That there, there is are, the yeah. I thought in later series of Walking Dead, mm. they kind of realised that it's actually a fungus. Or is yeah, that a different one. No, well, that's yeah, the last of us. That, yeah. Well, that is The Last of Us, but oh, where was it? Or well, maybe it was on Wikipedia, and maybe it's to do with the comics. But I thought it was basically everyone's infected anyway, and as soon as you die, you're going to turn into a zombie. You don't actually have to be bitten by it. So the crystal meth thing mm. well, they, they, wouldn't be they worked in the atmosphere. Out, didn't they, that everyone that dies 
is going to come back to life, didn't they, in, in Walking Dead? That was the thing. Yeah. So, like, if someone dies, they've got to put them down in a way that means they're not going to be a threat, basically. But mm-hmm. they're not a threat anymore, anyway, in Walking Dead, from what I understand. So, I don't really watch out anymore. What do you mean they're not a threat? As in, they don't have a brain? The, the zombies aren't really the threat anymore. The threat seems to be other humans now. They, they, they've massive it, focus on someone's, humans. Yeah. yeah, someone summarized that it's Walking Dead is just basically. Uh, all about the social interactions and people falling out and mm. it just so happens there are zombies occasionally yeah basically. that causes a bit of a problem yeah but to be honest that that's that's probably where i've seen a lot of people saying that it's all fallen down yeah that it's it's fate it's um is it ne- Neil? No. negan negan yeah. like they say that the introduction of him as this big bad just it becomes all about a, just a terrifying person. The whole point about Walking Dead is the is the. I mean, that's what the video games get so right is that yeah. the constant threat almost at every turn is yeah is interaction with humans. Yes, but actually primarily just surviving. But I suppose that gets a bit tedious after five or six series on TV. Yeah. Well, then maybe they fun. should have ended it. I, I oh, think a lot of these syndicated shows need to fucking end after fifth series. I'm even convinced that Friends needed to finish like after its sixth series. Right. After that, when everyone's all happy and all together and stuff, they could they didn't need to peg it out for four more yeah. low quality series. Rachel and Joey should never have got together. No. no. What the fuck was that all about? How many times have we mentioned that on this podcast? It was a criminal mistake. My fan could, theory about that is that that was a shit idea. You could take out maybe <laughs> maybe a third Thanks, good. <laughs> of the episodes of Friends. Like, Friends was good up to the end, but sporadically. You could you could trim out maybe one third of the episodes, mm. and it would be one of the best sitcoms of all time. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's what Dan said about Attack of the Clones. Yeah. You 80% remove 80% of it. of it, it's the best of the prequels. And he's not listening because he's too busy looking at his porn. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. Um, right, so, next up. So that's just another, the same company that makes things, likes to reference their own shows. Yeah, that's thing. all it is, yeah. Because isn't there, like, don't you see, is it in Uncharted? There's a newspaper that talks about scientists unable to find cause of mystery fungal virus or something. Yeah. Yes, there so, is. like, linking The Last of Us. So it's, oh. yeah, society's on the verge of collapse. Mm. Just about to. So Nathan, Nathan Drake must become sort of an adventurous survivor I'd imagine yeah that'd be quite good if he appears in The Last of Us Part 2 if that's what they're calling it. is it Last of Us Part 2 or Last of Us 2 I don't know I don't know Last of Us 2 Part 2 Last of Us 2 Part 2 2 Part 2 yeah, 1 there we go well, two, one. don't ask about the first <laughs> <laughs> right no, it, it occurred to me the other day when we were talking about the um, the remake The Last Jedi thing is Redly Deadly is exactly what would happen if you gave those people what they wanted. <laughs> if if you just gave people an unlimited budget, who are like and 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 then Sylvester Stallone comes in, and then there's a spaceship, and then it's James Bond, and also the guy from True Lies, and then there's an explosion. But if you that that is the Whoa, exact. Film what are you saying about Redly Deadly Two? That it would be an abysmal film that was nine hours long and had no dialogue. I don't think he fully believes in Red Dead Redemption. I'm, I'm still not seeing the downside yeah. of that no, film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that film is what would be created if you gave those whinging man babies <laughs> what they wanted. I just love looking at the poster. I just love this yeah. dramatic space shuttle launching into this into the sky with all the sort of faded pictures of like Sandra Bullock and and everything else. It's uh, just brilliant. Fifty people all <laughs> as co-stars of this film. That's genius. Um, right. <clears throat> Should we move on to my favourite? Okay. My favourite one's the Grease Than the fan theory. And I absolutely love this one. Have you prepped the music? Oh no. 
Yes, I mean, so I, I'm a big fan of... One thing I hate about the movie Grease, yeah. um, and I truly despise this, is that the, the car, singing? Yeah, the singing. But it's mostly that the car flies away at the end. I can't get on board with that film because up until then, it's set in a semi-realistic universe. Where, where people just school, burst into song and dance all the time. And high school children can afford to make modded sports cars. And, and look like they're 30. Yes, and <laughs> looked like, and one of them was it Stockard Channing, isn't it? It's like sort of <laughs> she was forty eight when the film was being made. And anyway, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like that the car flies away at the end. So this one explains that in a kind of a gruesome way. In a in a good way. Uh, the theory is that Sandy was dead the whole time. Oh God, of course it is. Someone's always <laughs> dead the whole time. <laughs> Most of the things we said this evening started. The theory was blank was dead, dead. the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it starts with the peculiar end, and I agree with that of the movie. Uh, Danny and Sandy get in a car and fly off into the sky. Everyone acts like this is normal, but generally cars don't fly. So what's the explanation? I think they're onto something here. Yeah, I think they're right, yeah. Um, generally, generally cars don't cars fly unless they're loaded up generally. into a massive catapult and, fly, and flung at something. <laughs> well, think back to the beginning of the movie. In the song Summer Nights, Danny explains that when he met Sandy, I saved her life, she nearly drowned. That was unbelievable timing, by the way. Um... According to the theory, Sandy did drown. The whole movie is just a fancy playing in her head as she struggles for oxygen and the car flies away. It's just her going to heaven. Okay, but the point of that song is that he he's bullshitting the whole thing. Because the, the counter line to that is he showed off splashing around. So he yeah. didn't actually save her life and she didn't actually need to drown. He's just showing off to his friends. Yeah, yeah but, but she drowned. Um, the theory isn't new. It's been around for years, but it recently made a resurgence uh, online and everyone is losing their shit. No, Even Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself, Sarah Michelle Gellar, is, I'm clearly reading this off Buffington Post, uh, is getting in on it. Uh, you'd expect the Buffy had come across some weird stuff in her vampire slaying days. Not really a vampire slayer. Um, but yeah, she's on board with it. Theory makes sense, mostly because, again, cars don't usually fly. But also considering... Why do they keep <laughs> feeling the need to stress that? She swam by me, she got it she It's got because the writer, while he was tapping this away, he was st- kept convincing himself and then had to remind himself that cars don't usually fly. <laughs> yeah. like, and of course, they, she, he must be dead because the, you know, the thing... The, but, but of course, cars don't fly. Okay, yeah, okay, cars don't fly. That's But then, then of course, when it flies off into the... Yeah, oh, but then of course, they don't, they don't usually fly. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. I mean, look, the biggest, the biggest fucked up thing about Greece yeah. is the fact that... At the end of the film, she changes for him. She changes who she is to attract him. No, she, mm. Not just that, she changes. She becomes a... a Total slutbag. Yeah. But in her version of the fantasy of how they met, he changed himself yeah. to to get her. Because like in all the... All the memories, he's like wearing like played cardigan yeah. and that yellow sport, like yeah. yellow, um, yeah, sort of sports jacket and stuff, looking all like preppy. But Tom, so then when he comes back, he's like, hey, daddy, don't go. Tom, <laughs> yeah, cars don't fly. Well, cars don't normally, don't normally fly. fly. No, cars do not normally fly. No, out of all the blank was dead the whole time. You're like, no, but this one's serious. They're really on something because guys, cars don't generally fly. That's true, except so that in Back to the Future too. Right, here we go. So at the end of Greece, Sandy and Danny get into a red convertible and drive away from the fair. The car promptly defies the laws of gravity and flies <laughs> into the sky. How did the car fly? At the start of the film, we see Danny and Sandy meeting on the beach. Later, Danny explains through song... Actually, doesn't this tie into the cars theory? That cars, like, have life? Because the car, it says that the car promptly yeah, decides to <laughs> flaunt <laughs> gravity. Like, ah, I'm going to defy gravity. 
Um, at the start of the film, we see Danny and Sandy meeting on the beach. Later, Danny explains through song that the first time they met, when Danny saved her life, she nearly drowned. We've, we've been through this several uh, Sandy times. actually did drown on the beach that day because no, cars don't normally fly. Uh, as she drowned, her brain deprived of oxygen. She had a vivid coma fancy involving a summer fling, uh, Danny, where they shared a magical year of high school together. The visions get increasingly outlandish as time passes until finally, as Danny desperately tries to resuscitate her on the beach, she sees herself flying to heaven in a dying moment. The entire movie was a drowning woman's coma fancy. Uh, well, bullshit. Well, no, it's clearly not true, but I like it a lot because I hate... My least favourite part of Greece is when the car flies away. <laughs> you know, you've mentioned this several times. Do you now. know what? It's getting you really angry. The cars just... don't normally fly! Yeah, but it's, it's but the point is that whole film well, so is why, that... why does everyone keep qualifying this? You can just say cars don't fly. Why do you keep saying cars don't generally fly? I think it's that way going, cars don't generally fly. Well, yeah, but also at the same time, that is true. Like I said, if you load a car into a catapult and throw it then technically at some point during its parabolic arc towards the ground, <laughs> it is flying. I don't think you could describe that as sustained flight. <laughs> oh, that's true. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Damn you and your cursed gravity. So I'd, I'd like to find the opposite of this. So is there a fan theory for The Sixth Sense that says he was alive all the time? Yes, Probably. because people that don't generally talk to dead people. <laughs> yeah, they generally don't. <laughs> generally don't talk to dead people. I've got a few games ones because then Duncan, you've got, oh, some, I like games you've got some Star Wars ones, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, so let's I've just got a lot of Star Wars. Let's just let's just do a couple of quickfire ones. Inception, is he dead at the end? That's not a fan theory. That's a deliberately ambiguous ending. Yes. But okay, but fans fans theorise that it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there is He's no answer to that. It, it really doesn't that's, make a that's difference. That's because it's they up can't use the dead one because it's sort of suggested in the. He was dead the anyway. whole time. But the, th the theory is that his totem isn't... That's her totem, the spinning top anyway. What was his totem was his wedding ring. Mm. Um, and when he's in the real world, he's not wearing his wedding ring because that's his totem. And when he's in the fantasy, he's not he is wearing the wedding ring. And at the end, you see him not wearing his wedding ring. So his totem's off. So his totem's off, which means it's the real world. Interesting. But well, that well, wouldn't well. work because the, wouldn't the totem have to be... How do they work again? I can't remember. You can't, no, Totems, one else can touch. no one else no can one, touch yeah. them or use them, so they can. No one can ever know the. So they can't put them into a dream. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So that that's why whenever he spins the top, it's it's kind of weird, especially he, when he's wearing the wedding what ring. What he's actually doing is seeing if she's there. Mm. If if he's if she if he's still in a dream, with her basically because he's got her total. That film, by the way, I fucking love that film that's so great. much. Oh, it's a great film. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean he has to be dead or alive at the end. Pulp Fiction, what's in the briefcase? Marcellus Wallace's soul. That's the, mm. the yeah. Or the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs. That's the other one. Because well, when yeah. they're meant to originally, Vic Vega and Vincent Vega are meant to be brothers. They are oh. brothers, yeah. But like, it's not sort of explicitly... Yeah. It was going to be sort of a bit more... Vincent Vega's in the house! Oh, moth. Moth. Um, there, is a, there is a moth in the shed. So let's move on to some, <laughs> some, a few games ones. Okay? Oh, we didn't okay. actually use the immortal line, the classic threesome plus Duncan in the fuck bunker. No. I was thinking the awesome foursome. The awesome foursome in the fuck bunker. Yeah. Absolutely, because Duncan is here. Yeah. On our knees. How, um, <coughs> how long have we been going? About an hour. Okay. Really? It yeah. feels like longer. <laughs> let's <laughs> knock a few off. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and then get back to the list. In the, in the game Limbo, um, the kid is being punished for killing his sister. I mean, we, like, we've literally done a whole episode on these, but yeah, yeah there's quite a lot of. I'm like not bothered with I quite like the car crash one. Yeah. Because the, the way you end 
suddenly catapulting through that that pane of glass and that resets you. Yeah, I like that one as well. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I also like the fact that on the menu screen, when you complete the game, there are two piles of flies in mm. the same in the same places where you and your sister apparently were standing. Yeah. In the end scene. Um, the companion cube contains a body. It's oh, one of my favourite ones. Hell. I like that one. That, that's that's creepy. Yeah, the idea is that it's actually a companion, a dead person in the box. Wow. I mean, I, yeah. do, I do quite like that because it doesn't actually, it doesn't affect anything. No. And it's exactly the sort of thing that might happen. It's, yeah, it's a GLaDOS portal, yeah. thing, isn't yeah. it? Because you're yeah. you're only one of thousands of test subjects. Yeah. Well, you're not though. You are you are bumped. Well, you are, but you you're are sort of, you're bumped up the reanimation yeah, queue by Doug Ratman. Ratman. Yeah, bumps you up the top. Because of your tenacity. Mm. <laughs> Deploying surprise in three, two, one. <laughs> surprise. Um, <laughs> there's the bit in in the second one where you come back and weekly when you come back up from mm. the, the pit and Wheatley's like, found a whole bunch of other test chambers completely unused. Shook all the skeletons out of them, they're ready to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, Wheatley Wheatley Laboratories. That's brilliant. We just crossed out the aperture just crossed out. <laughs> Love that. That game is so good. Yeah, it's brilliant. Portal two is oh, better sorry. than Portal One as well. Ooh, that's a I think ooh, for another time, maybe. Yeah, maybe for another we time. We might so I'll mention this now. We're gonna I think we're doing this series called Love Letters, basically. It's it's gonna be our look at Franchises we love. Okay, cool. Okay. Should we oh, get back oh, to the yeah, theories? No, right, back to <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, I put it up on Instagram and stuff. So oh, the right. idea is that every now, and then, <laughs> yeah. every now and then we'll just um, talk about something that we love. Is like, that is that the kind of what we've been doing the whole time? Yeah, pretty much. But we're going to go in depth on like. Well, no. What we're going to do is we're going to brand it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Branded content, guys. Branded content. <laughs> it's it's oh what uh, Halo was one. Halo was one. Dark Knight was one. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. Portal could be one. Portal could be one. Yeah. We should also do ambivalent letters about stuff that we don't we don't mind it. It's, it's all right. <laughs> I'm, from fan fan theories, I do think that all of us should go away and look up fan fiction and come back and do a do a fan fiction pod and read out our favourite fan fiction. Or oh, should we go I, away and I write? Oh, I'm going to say write. I'm going to write some erotic. Try and find the one that. I has, think we yeah, should uh, set each <laughs> other. A universe to write some slash fic in. Do you want to do? I, would, I do want to do this. Should we do yeah. this? You've got a limit of five minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we'll we'll come up with with a universe for each other to do the or a set of characters for each other. Do slash fiction because obviously I've got a lot of slash fic already written. <laughs> it's just going to be out your filing cabinet, yeah. isn't it? Okay, so. At the end of this episode, should we set each other a universe, or do we want to give ourselves? Some no, time? not at the end. Of the, let's keep our admin off the air. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the admin on the air. Uh, no, nobody else, else does because we were halfway through fan fan theories, and we, now we're, we're talking about right, what we're going to be doing we'll, next week. We'll get back to the fan. No, theories. let's get back to this week. Uh, Booker Dewitt is Andrew Ryan. No, no, he's nah. not. Well, no, no, he, no, but they they have well. That's what, that again is almost explicitly stated in yes. the in the that there's always a man, there's always a yeah. city, there's always a there's always a doorway. Mm. That that Booker DeWitt becomes Comstock, yeah. who is that universe's Andrew. version of Andrew Ryan. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's kind of a yeah, uh, and 
dot dot dot. Yeah. So that's not. I, I find that a repugnant theory because it's practically <laughs> it's practically stated in the oh, fucking right. game it that's, comes from from the source of fucking material. It's practically canon. Commander Shepard becomes a reaper. No, like, she doesn't. I like this one. But that again is one of the endings. That's one of the. That's two of the endings. That, that is just the synthesis or the control ending. Really, yeah. That's not a fan theory. That's just what happens. Yeah. I've got a, a fan theory. The fucking card do, doesn't generally fly, but it still dots. flies. Fuck's sake! Sorry, I'm shouting I mean, into my microphone. I mean, you, could, you guys could have looked some stuff up, but no. I looked some stuff up. Right, I've got one. All right, fine then. Uh, so I, I did look stuff cars up. Cars one that I quite like <laughs> is <Okay>. that. Um, <laughs> you stay out of this, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> so in in the Cars movies, there's quite clearly yeah. infrastructure and cities that have been yeah. built by humans. Yeah. Uh, so humans and the the sentient machines did coexist, but at some point there was an uprising, and all the cars and other vehicles wiped out humanity. I've heard that theory about Burnout Paradise as well. So, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I think in Burnout Paradise, it's just it becomes a very different game if you have families in all of those cars. <laughs> yes, <I> know, exactly. <laughs> a lot less fun all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Duncan, I didn't mean to. I know you. it sounds like you've got a, a ream of paper dedicated to Star Wars fans. Yeah, come on, let's hear a few. Let's yeah, hit it. Uh, I've got, like, three small pet. Right, so my favourite... Right, I'll do a quick list. This was off a top ten by Vincent Vendetta, which was um, Chewbacca and R2-D2 are actually agents of the Rebellion sent to make sure Luke does get off Tatooine. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't reveal their proper identities because otherwise uh, they could jeopardise Luke. Uh, Luke was also hidden on Tatooine to be hidden in plain sight because uh, Anakin hated Tatooine so much he would never want to go back because uh, just too many bad memories so he would never think of looking there I mean that, that does that, like uh, that is that is sort of like you've got a whole galaxy where are we going to hide this baby that his father will never ever find it where he lived <laughs> <laughs> where Why he was not? born it was a really, yeah. really shit time for him yeah. uh, Vader's speech software uh, is actually a bit rubbish and that means he can't show emotion properly and that's why uh, the ending bad acting. of three episode three <laughs> is so lame is because he can't actually properly express the vocal emotion I think, I think every time the that theory is almost correct it's just it's not the software that's bad at expressing emotion <laughs> yeah but also like in the in the original trilogy um you know he, he does say things like you don't know the power of the dark side you know and you the, do I actually want them alive. get alive yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want them alive yeah. <laughs> Captain uh, uh, I love that Captain Nida <laughs> like when he turns around he like practically mashes him in the face with his grill yeah. <laughs> was it no General Beers prepare your men <laughs> like, so literally like thwack uh, <laughs> I, I agree I think it's a weak one I like this one and I think this has quite a lot uh, Finn is for, for sensitive uh, who? Finn Oh, Finn. Finn, in, Finn is uh, Force-sensitive. He's. Uh, I can tell you he definitely will be in the remake of The Last Jedi. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, because he senses the systems that get destroyed. I can't remember the name of the system. But anyway, he senses them as they get destroyed in Force Awakens. How, does uh, he? Right. Uh, Ray is Palpatine's granddaughter. That bullshit. I really hope that's not... <laughs> Uh, E.T. is a secret Sith Master. <laughs> I love this one <laughs> because you one of see the aliens in... Yeah, um, but you don't see any of them wiggling around yellow glow sticks or anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the... There's 
I mean, there's the whole levitation. He can do yeah. special control and what have you. And maybe he's just more of a force user. But I quite like the idea of Darth E.T. Um, Darth Klebop the retard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Qui-Gon Jinn is a Sith Master. Because mm. apparently a large number of people... He always I think we're detecting a theme for for the Star Wars ones. Then mm. is that Sith is Masters? It, yeah. Everyone's a Sith Master. Yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't got to the best one. I think I know uh, which one it is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Dash Star came up with. We already know uh, Star Wars Nine ends, and he starts talking about in Rebels and in some of George Lucas's notes. He talks of the Journal of the Wills. Mm-hmm. And how Star Wars was meant to be actually a journalistic point of view, as written by these kind of force beings, mm. and that in he refers to rebels and that kind of bit quite a lot about the Grey Jedi, and actually, start Episode Nine ends with the perfect balance, which is both Rey and Ren are Grey Jedi. They're mm. they're not Jedi, but they're Grey Force users, so they're neither really they kind of mix the light and the dark. I quite like that. Well, uh, Kyle Katarn uh, is a prime example also. of a grey Jedi, utilising yes. powers both side of the balance and generally doing what is right, but using methods that the traditional Jedi would not consider. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past J.J. Abrams to have a scene where we see Rey like, using Force Lightning in the next one. Well, well. That's, that's, yeah. So the whole yeah. grey Jedi thing is yeah. basically because people want their heroes to use the cool lightning-y stuff. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So they have to come up with a reason for them to be able to do you it. You always pull us kicking and screaming out of the law. So yeah, the well, I mean, up. obviously... Did you say the cat scared the shit out of you or did a shit on the fence? <laughs> scared the shit out of you. A cat is sort of stalking down through the through the door. Um, It's a big cat. Um, <laughs> Sorry, carry on. No, Ewoks, Ewoks eat their enemies. Yeah, yeah I love that, that one. Yeah. That's, from, that's from Star Wars Tales. Yeah. Yeah, and it is true. You see all the stormtrooper helmets. Yeah, they're gonna eat Luke and Han. It's blatant. They love a bit of flesh. That's fair enough. (laughs) All right. They love the pleasures of the (coughs) flesh. This is the best. I love it. I've watched it a number of times because it cracks me up. Jar Jar Binks is a Sith master in charge of Palpatine. He is actually Darth Jar Jar, and that is why all Dar the Jar other... Jar Jar Jar. That's why all the other uh, of his kind, which I can't remember, um, uh, are scared of him, and why he was banished was actually because he's a Dark Force master. Not because he boomed Degasa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misa Steela but... de Boss is a bongo. <laughs> Crash on the fucking gibberish. Based on that, a lot of Jedi, the Jedi's were based on a part of Shaolin, uh, the Shaolin monks. Mm. But there's another for not form, but another strand of um, martial <clears throat> arts, which is based on stumbling around to throw as evidence of misdirection. And a lot of the moves Jar Jar does similar to this form of martial art so, um, <laughs> he can do massive jumps like a Jedi where if you if you think about in episode 1 Jar Jar does a big somersault and dive when he's going back down to his peoples um, it, there is some suggestion of that Jar Jar is able to persuade people and use Jedi mind tricks after all he persuades the Senate to elect Palpatine you never see Jar Jar that far away from Palpatine and uh 
he defeats a whole army. So Jar Jar is actually a Sith master. So I, I'm on a page that... I'm completely on board with this. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he isn't far away from him, is he? And actually, he's the one when... Um, when they're in the office and they go, you know, what we need is to form an army, and then someone goes, but who would, but what senator would stand up and do, mm. and say that, and, and, you know, Palpatine goes, hmm, yes, who would mm. do that, and then it focuses on Jar Jar looking kind of intently at Palpatine. Maybe he is in charge of everything. Yeah. But if that's the case, where is he after that? Do you think then Palpatine must kill him at some point? Yeah, maybe. That'd be... Because he... Crashes Palpatine's hay blibber or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the traditional sort of thing to happen to a Sith is get murdered by your apprentice. Absolutely. It? It's basically natural causes. Absolutely. Uh, it is the way of the Sith to destroy what, themselves. Going back to Qui Gon, <laughs> was that a Terminator why? quote? It is the way of humans to. De- oh, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, carry on, Duncan. Sorry, Duncan. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Uh, Qui Gon and Darth Maul are fighting it out because uh, they're both to do with Palpatine. Palpatine. I'm not so sure whether yeah. Qui-Gon's better than Palpatine, but uh, it's one seeking favour over the other. That that's basically my list. There, I love the dark. I love the grey Jedi one. It's yes, it is because everyone wants to see someone do a lightning. But I like the do a lightning. I could see him do a lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we done a lightning. Well, I could, I could do a lightning, love, but uh, I just, I don't think so, love. No, not, not like that. Not in that colour, anyway. No. Um, I could do your lightning. I think, I think we've got some back on the van. Yeah, absolutely. But it just depends whether the parts will be ordered in time, love. You know, so I could get, get them all for that lightning over there. Uh, do a lightning might be on the t-shirts. Oh, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And so will cars don't generally fly. Cars <laughs> don't generally fly. Double baby. Yeah, double Nia's baby. A no-no. Nia's a no-no. Oh, what's the one that Sonia came out with on the? Uh, she goes, oh, it wasn't Liam Neeson who was. Who was a? Uh, <laughs> In, into incest. It wasn't Liam Neeson. You know, it wasn't um, Alan Rickman who was in incest. It was Liam Neeson. It was Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the most libelous t-shirts you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, done the incest, wasn't it? He did, yeah, he done an incest. Done an incest. Doing lightning, doing incest, doing double babies. No, <laughs> he's on that last part. Go, go on, Emperor, do a lightning. Do a lightning, Emperor. <laughs> Show us what you got. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. Right. right. Any other good theories knocking about? That's about it. That's all I've got. Tom, Super. Your Mary Poppins one, though. Do you remember that? I do remember my Mary Poppins one. Which was? It was very brief. It was just that. She was some sort of necromantic dimensional stalker of souls, um, especially from children who she would take from the depths of misery to the peak of joy when they were in her company. And right at the very peak of their joy and relief and ecstasy, she would kill them, steal their souls and take them back to her dimension Mm. where she would feed them into her necromantic machine Mm. that would eventually be able to tunnel through our realities and do something terrible. Love it. Yeah. And I love the idea that she's some sort of interdimensional succubus of souls. Some people think that she's a Time Lord. I like that one. Yeah, and her TARDIS is the bag. Mm. Yeah. Uh, A bag. (laughs) It is a bag. (laughs) My TARDIS is a bag. Well, I like that they made Missy... (laughs) My bottomless pouch. (laughs) They made Missy look like Mary Poppins in the last series of Doctor Who. Who's Missy? The Master. All right. All righty then. I've got no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. So she, I, I don't know what. Full master was John Sim. I've just done a missy. Yeah. 
<laughs> then it became what's her face as Missy. I did a Missy on the chair. Her what's her name? The, the one that was in Green Wing. Uh, 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 thingy, Gomez. Yeah, Gomez. Michelle Gomez. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. 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 Always appears slightly unhinged in things. Yeah. No, she is amazing in Doctor mm. Who. Um, and she's yeah, Missy, but she, she looks a lot. So is, like is she a Robbins. reincarnation of because the, the Master's a Time Lord as yeah. well, isn't he? Yeah. She's yeah, she's the Master. Okay. I don't watch Doctor Who. Me neither. Dan, can you do the theme song? I'll, I'll give you the bass line. All right, I think we're done. Yeah. All right, so if you like those theories and you want to tell us some of your own, please go onto any social media platform that we happen to be on and tell us all about it. Mm. If you want to go onto Facebook, it's www.facebook.com forward slash TMTOOH. If you want to go on Instagram, it's at TMTOOH. If you want to go on Twitter, it's at 2, the number 2, at 2MTOOH, because why not fuck everything up with our Twitter campaign? Uh, What campaign? Profile. And that's it. It's oh, oh. Um, it's theatrical cut as well. Oh, don't forget our sister pod, Theatrical Cut. Dan, what are the contacts? Oh, it's uh, Theatrical Cut Pod on Instagram. Yeah. It's Theatrical Cut on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and this week they're doing the second part of Vampires. Oh, fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I bloody love them too. Right. And that's it. Russ, goodbye. Goodbye. Dan, goodbye. Yeah. Duncan, goodbye. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye, all. Hey. That's a fun one. Fuck me, my lug holes are sweaty.